Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Black in Science. Before we dive in, there are a few disclaimers I'd like to make. So first things first, these episodes are recorded virtually from the comfort of our own homes, so you may hear some ambient noises like a dog barking in the background or a train going by, and these are all uncontrollable factors of the environments we live in. So please try your best to do what I do and just tune them out. Secondly, these interviews are recorded utilizing modern day technology, which can have the occasional glitch. So you may hear some lag either in my responses or that of the guests I'm talking to, but I promise you they do not take away from the overall story being shared. So without further ado, let's get it started. On today's episode, I spoke with Dr. Whitney Stevens Solstede, who currently works as a postdoctoral research associate at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Throughout the episode, Dr. Whitney discusses her childhood while growing up in Puerto Rico, her undergraduate experience at the University of Puerto Rico, and the dissertation work she did for her PhD in neuroscience. You guys, I had such a blast during this interview. Whitney has such a pleasant nature and is so honest and open about her journey so far. Her story is one I know you will all enjoy. So with that being said, let's get into it. So welcome to Black and Science, Dr. Whitney. Thank you for joining me today. Yes, thanks for the invite. So to start things off, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us your name, where you're currently located, and where you grew up. Yes, so my name is Whitney Stevens Sostre. Um, I'm currently at uh, Wisconsin-Madison. I'm here uh, to complete my degree and uh, a PhD in neuroscience, which I just defended uh, just this past November, so I'm really happy about that. Um, I grew up in Ponce, Puerto Rico, actually. Um, So I'm from uh, Puerto Rico, although I was born in Chicago. Um, After I turned three, my parents split. And so my mom and my brother and I just went back home from um, where my parents are from. Yeah. And how was growing up in Puerto Rico for you? Yeah, so it was really great. <laughs> so like like we were talking about, right? Um, such a huge difference, you know, from, um, you know, being in an island in the Caribbean with people, you know, who are, you know, personalities for one, um, people that are very warm, very loud, um, and uh, really kind. Um, and so same as here, I guess, in the Midwest, people have like that kind of Midwestern hospitality. Um, but then, you know, the, the weather is very different, <laughs> which is the main thing that um, kind of is very noticeable, especially now <laughs> in December, uh, in January. Oh my God, I'm living in the past. And then, you know, it, it is, it is kind of different to, to kind of start meeting people, you know, from different cultures. Um, but m- mainly just kind of losing a little bit of that part of your culture, you know, that people who identify like you, um, it's, it can be a little bit hard because you, you miss that part of yourself, um, being able to kind of talk to people in Spanish for one thing, it's one of the things I miss the most. Sometimes, you know, after a long day at work, all, the, all I want to do is talk in Spanish all day. And, you know, it's it can be a little bit hard, but but it's also really nice. <laughs> so what kind of got you started? In- Were you always intrigued or was there a specific person or experience that got you going? Yeah, so I, I guess, yeah, I've always been like a really, <laughs> very studious. Uh, so I really loved as a kid, I loved going to school. 
as it turns out, I really loved uh, science and math. They were like my two favorite subjects in school. Um, and so I don't know if that's, you know, if it might be your experience, but uh, back home in Puerto Rico, if you're good at, you know, you get straight A's and you're good in science and math, everybody's like, yo, you should be a doctor. Um, and so that's like the main profession. There's nothing else you can do with science and math. It's like you be a doctor. Um, and so that was kind of how I started off is like, okay, so if I'm going to be a doctor, I have to do all these science things. Um, there were a couple of teachers I remember in middle school that were, um, you know, that where I started, you know, doing going science fairs. And so that experience of doing the, the scientific method um, for the first time, I guess, in ninth grade, I want to say, um, was really fun and interesting and challenging for the most part, because, you know, you had you had this this scientific question in mind and you had to do like all these all these steps right to figure out the answer in a in a logical way um and so i really enjoyed that and then as it turns out i learned from a student counselor in that school um that there was this satellite school um in another town in puerto rico um, that was a satellite school specialized in um math and science um it's called Groem. And so, you know, I learned about that and then I was like, oh yeah, I'd love to go to this boarding school. Cause you know, I don't know, I, I'd seen like movies and shows <laughs> about students in boarding school. And I thought, yeah, it's gonna be really fun. Um, and then I backed out and was like, I, I know, I don't want to like start from scratch. And like, I was scared and my mom was like, no, you should do this. Like, you're not really being challenged. You're missing out on a great opportunity. And so, you know, if you talk to my mom, she'll tell you, it's like, oh, yes, because I convinced you. And then you're all these doors opened. And I was like, okay, Ma, I get it. Like, <laughs> you helped me make the right decision, you know, as a teenage girl. But yeah, really, it was at that school um, where I kind of, I really got deep into like understanding that for one, I didn't have to be a doctor. <laughs> um, if I like science and math, I could be so many other things. Um, um, but really, the main thing I wanted to do was research. Um, and to this day, that's like the main thing that's driving me um, is that I really love doing research and learning and, um, you know, really really going after that question in different angles and using different methods and so on. And so, yeah, in high school, you know, it was it was really hard for me because for the first time I actually had to, I guess, work in school, you know, like before, you know, I, I went to public school my whole life and growing was no different. It was technically a public school, but it was also much more challenging. So I I finally was, you know, in, a, in this, pond I guess small pond but with huge fish and I, I thought I was a really big fish where I was from and I was like no you're kind of okay you know <laughs> the perspective changed and so I I was very intimidated by that but then also you know I, I, I took up a challenge I was like okay I gotta learn all these things that these kids already know really quickly because <laughs> they're not slowing up slowing down for anyone um, and so, yeah, basically, you know, that, that school kind of changed the experience at that school changed the direction I was going, um, and kind of opened, like, like my mom would say, opened up all these doors, uh, to different opportunities, um, to do science, for example. And that's where I did my very first, you know, summer internship as a coming right out of high school that summer. Um, I went straight to the university to do an internship and I have haven't stopped doing research ever since like every summer every semester I just 
really went went hard <laughs> on that yeah oh I love it I love that that was a challenge for you I think I had a similar experience because I also went to public school growing up and I could just I was coasting because yes. things weren't really that hard so no. I could do the bare minimum and still do well and then yeah. Yeah, you finally have that one class or that one teacher who really pushes you yeah. and you either make or break, you basically yeah. make or break it with that pressure. And that's how I feel like some of us grow so much. Definitely. So I'm glad you had that experience. Yeah. yeah, no, it truly, it really was life changing. And, you know, it was, it was pretty hard because like, for one, like, obviously, since it was a boarding school, I was away and I had, you know, didn't have any friends. And then I was like, okay, there's like, it's cool. It's just strange, you know, to be by yourself for the first time and experiencing all these challenges. And then, you know, from on the, from the personal aspect, but then, you know, school was definitely kind of horrible, <laughs> like in the beginning. And so there were a lot of tears shed, you know, as, as, as happens in grad school still to this day. <laughs> there are lots of tears shed, but, you know, you just take deep breaths and keep on chugging, chugging through it all. Yes, and I commend you for taking that risk, especially, <laughs> like, I feel like some of us who go away to college, we have such a hard time struggling with that separation and being somewhere new, and the fact yes. that you did it as a high schooler is... Yes, for sure. No, I was, it was a challenge, and I was really close to my mom, uh, like, I, which is funny, because now I'm not really, like, I feel like I got, like, really independent after that point. I was like, I got this, you know, I'll tell you about my messes, um, but I got it all, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just tell you about it, because you're my friend, I trust you. But uh, you're, we're cool, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't really feel like I needed much of her guidance after that point, which was interesting. Yeah. Mm. But also good. Yeah, you yeah. became self-sufficient, which is yeah. honestly the goal, right? Right, definitely. That's life. Isn't that what life is all about? Like, <laughs> is spread your wings and fly far. Um, and, you know, that experience really helped me do that. Yeah, you just learned it earlier than some, which, <laughs> yeah. again, is a good thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. It was definitely. Um, and especially because um, another thing I gained from that experience was like friends, friendships that have lasted to this day, you know, like just this morning, I was sending memes <laughs> to friends that I've had for, you know, over 10 years. And it's been great also because they also have gone kind of the um, higher education. So most of them are doing or have finished their PhDs. And it's it's really it was really great to have to find that community early um because then we were all going through all these similar issues and we could help each other out way back when so yeah it's been pretty great yeah you were able to establish that connection early that's awesome yeah yeah so when did you end up finishing high school um yeah so that school was special in that you had the option of finishing high school in two years rather than three um so a lot of students would do that some students would just do the normal three year because didn't really want to accelerate that part of growing up you know like they were just like I'm just gonna do school normally I'm gonna take the normal mode of classes and I'm just gonna really focus on learning all the things I have to do at this point but um and most of the uh of the students including myself we just finished in two years um which meant that because because it was a, a school that was specialized in science and math we had double the load of like uh math and science and then, of course, all the other requirements, you know, of the arts and <laughs> and a phys uh, was it physical education and like, yeah. So it that was like I guess another part of the challenge was that you were kind of constantly having to do all these things with without much of a break, and then 
and then you also for the summer like that summer in between um you know graduating you had to like do all your volunteer work and possibly even take a couple extra classes if you didn't want to kill yourself <laughs> and then you know that school was also really big in like other aspects of like arts and dancing um so i was you know also trying to make time for myself to do other social things um as well so it was it was a really fun packed two years kind of you know with puberty and all <laughs> going on <laughs> but it all worked out it was it was fun and but it was it was it added to the difficulty a little bit to have to that pressure of like wanting to finish in that short time timeline yeah so you said that the normal high school timeline is three years oh yes okay so I should clear that up because here in the United States, you guys start in ninth grade to 12. Okay, yeah. So in Puerto Rico, I don't really know why. I've never asked this to anyone. <laughs> but then, so, you know, uh, elementary school is kindergarten through sixth grade. Then you go to middle school, seventh to ninth grade. And then from, from there, um, you go 10 to 12. Um, but interestingly, that school, Croem, um, that school actually did do the normal high school time, which was ninth grade to 12. But um, some kids did start in ninth grade and then ended up graduating at um, 11th grade. But a lot of kids that kind of learned about the school maybe late, because usually, like like I said, like my, my uh, student counselor, she mentioned it when I was in ninth grade. So, you know, I was too late. Um, so I think a lot of people would learn about that opportunity when they were trying to decide which school to go to um, for high school. But, uh, but yeah, that, that was, that's why. <laughs> it's, Got it. For some reason, I don't know why in Puerto Rico, high school is from, from uh, 10th grade to 12, those three years. Which is funny. Yeah, I, I, forver, I had forgotten that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you said three years. I was like, hold on, what? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. It's nothing. No, it's it's just how it is for some reason. Um, nothing special <laughs> going on there. So how old were you when you graduated? Uh, I think I was, I want to say I was just 17 because I was born in Feb uh, February. So, you know, like I was kind of always like the older the older student in my mm -hmm. class so yeah but I, I did graduate I think I was 17 Got and it. started college at 17. So when you were applying to colleges were you trying to stay in Puerto Rico were you looking outside? For sure so uh, <laughs> so it's funny because like so for one I didn't know you could apply anywhere else so that was another thing I learned <laughs> through that school and, and through the friends you know that I, I was making um, and how they were kind of approaching going to college. So I learned of the SATs, for example, and I was like, okay, so I guess I got to do this. And I did take them and I did okay. But uh, as I was starting to learn about like what it took to actually leave the country and uh, go anywhere, you know, in the United States, in the mainland, I realized that it was really expensive and I had no clue as to how I would Pay for college unless I had like a you know like a scholarship or something and at that point I was just like man I'm learning so many you know these kids a lot of them had all these plans from way back when you know like they knew what they were gonna do their parents helped them out they had this uncle who was like you know um I don't know a professor in in MIT or something like that and I was like okay um I I, I didn't feel like prepared to make that leap and also from a certain, a, another uh, thing was that I, I knew that the education 
where where I wanted to go, the University of Puerto Rico in in Mayaguez, had like really has so to this day really high quality education comparable to anywhere else for much cheaper. <laughs> so you know, so at that point I was like, you know, I, I I did all these things and I could send all these applications in, but really I didn't wanna I didn't wanna stress out um, more than I already was at that point. So I really focus on staying in Puerto Rico. And I actually only applied to that university um, by mistake. So funny story was that I forgot to send my transcripts um, anywhere else. And that, I, I didn't even realize only like after I had graduated, I was like, I wonder why I only got like one letter of admission. And then I checked in and I was like, hey, you know, I, I didn't hear back. And there was like, no, you never completed your application. We're missing your, your transcripts. And I was like, holy crap, like, if if they if I wouldn't accepted there, I pro I don't even know what I would have done because I would not have gone to college, <laughs> I guess at that point. Um, but that was that was one of those whoops moments where I was like, well, I slipped up on a very important thing, and for some reason I thought I I'd done it. I don't know. I was just it was just a lot going on <laughs> probably. Um, and then you know at, around that time I also was admitted to that first summer internship um, in Dr. Franklin Carrero Martinez's lab at that university. So I was trying to like scramble like where am I gonna live? How and my mom was trying to help me and she's trying to get me furniture and all these things that you know she she's just doing her best. And we're not from Mayagüez, we're from Ponce, so there's like the whole driving like an hour and a half ish or an hour to an hour and a half to go back and forth. So I don't know, there was just a lot going on um, and I slipped up, but but definitely I did consider coming to the United States at that point, but I felt that I really, being far from my, my hometown was enough. It was far enough. Um, I, I, I was not ready to do that leap at that point. Yeah, well, everything worked out the way it was supposed to. Oh, I'm a yeah. true believer. So. Yes, yes, I, I do believe in that. Like, it's just, it just goes the the way it's supposed to. And you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. So, all good. <laughs> so, how was your experience at the University of Puerto Rico? And then what did you end up majoring in? Oh, so that is also a funny story. So, um, so I learned in school that I was not great at chemistry because I don't know why I just I guess I, I, I was always more of a biologist in my in that my brain is really great in <laughs> memorization and that's a lot of what biology is you kind of learn all this information and and you kind of you you connect the dots but there's really not that much of a an analytical aspect of it at that point I guess in in undergrad or I guess in high school where where, where we started right um, so I decided I would start out in chemistry because I was like, you know what, I have this huge flaw and like that I feel like I should definitely understand this and I do not and I'm just going to get in there and learn all there is about it. And I did okay. <laughs> like so um, because, you know, like obviously it was hard and I had to study a lot more and in Croem because you have like all this pressure to like finish in two years you end up thinking that you can do everything you know like just just fill up your schedule you know, I have five minutes between classes I'm just gonna go do like a lap or something you know like it, it you kind of they build you up kind of with that mindset that you really can do anything which is wonderful but then also it's it's tired tiresome right and I learned you know so my first semester I was like oh yeah I got this I'm gonna like I have 
I have chemistry, of course, which, you know, has the chemistry lab. But then I was like, but I, I want to take all the bio courses, too, because I was like, I can make, you know, some sort of pseudo biochemistry going on here because I love biology. So I didn't want to let that go. So I started my first semester of college, you know, away from home, learning all these things with taking bio in the lab, chemistry in the lab. I took English. I took um, calculus one. And I think I took like one that social studies class, too. And plus, I had like 10 research, you know, I was at this point, I was accepted as like a, a, a undergrad uh, researcher at the lab, I was working in the summer. So I had minimum 10 hours research that I had to do as well. And so you can imagine, like, I was dying, like, quite literally, the low, one of the lowest lows of my life at that, you know, obviously, at that point, um, because I somehow didn't even find time to eat. So yeah, I know it was horrible, like should not have done that. But you know, in your brain, you're like the super kid, you have all this like potential, you got to do all these things and you know, join all these all these student associations. And I was just like swamped. Um, So at that point, like, you know, I I wasn't eating, I lost a lot of weight, I wasn't doing great in calculus. And by great, I mean, like I had like a C. And for me, a C was complete and utter failure. So which was also stupid don't anyone who's listening to this see that that's not what that means it's just a grade but you know but at that point I was like school is everything I, I knew from my whole life and I thought like I had to do, do straight A's you know and if I didn't do that then what am I doing right I'm not able to compete as well with other people so yeah that was like a whole experience that first semester and I ended up like having like this really sad night at one point where like I was substituting, um, like, I guess, meals with, you know, those shakes, like, um, uh, what is it, um, Ensure and all these things, mm-hmm. um, Boost and all that. And then at one point, like, I don't know what happened, but I threw it up. And then I had, like, this, my, like, I think one of my first panic attacks, like, breakdowns at that point. Because I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't even do And, you know, <laughs> my roommate at the time had to call one, my best, you know, one of my best friends, and he came up he was like what's going on Whitney oh and he's you know obviously like I had like friends that were like super brilliant right and I was like I want to be like you (laughs) so he was he was cruising you know he was like yeah this is hard but you know I'll just study the night before and it's fine I'm over here like how can you do that Mm -hmm. um but you know he was super nice and he was like Whitney just drop the class that that doesn't matter you know you're doesn't he was just like chill and I was like mm-hmm. okay I'll just drop the class and you know I dropped calculus I did great with my rest of the, the rest of my courses and that was that and then at that point I was like I'm never doing that again you know <laughs> like it's great to be an overachiever but not at the cost of my health or my happiness and so yeah so that first semester was rough I ended up like that summer I did take the calculus because I was like you know what I'm not going to carry this over I'm just going to finish what I started Mm -hmm. and I was doing research at the time that summer too so it worked out to do kind of both but uh but it was rough but other than that college was really was great like (laughs) I was I was similar to like and when I was in high school I just tried to get in into everything I was in the student council um, I worked in the library, I did research, I did a lot of traveling because of research, not only for summer internships, but also to present my work at the Abercams uh, conferences. Um, and so everything was was really 
was really great. It was a lot of hard work, but I think at that point I had kind of learned to be kinder to myself. And I took that to heart because I just, I was not doing great. <laughs> like that first semester really taught me <laughs> a lesson in kind of, you know, taking things slowly and recognizing for one, when you need help, but also like when you should just stop. Um, and sometimes for all the all us overachievers that are like just really looking at the goal and like whatever it takes and this is just temporary we're just going to grind through it yes that's wonderful but also you should be okay with like saying you know this was too much and just letting it there and you know we'll try again next time when, when I'm able to so yeah I learned a lot <laughs> that first semester of college Oh yeah, the I swear the first semester teaches you so much about yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and also like, you know, you have to live, you have to like cook for yourself, you know? And like that takes time. And then I don't know, it was just obviously I had not taken into consideration all these other time constraints that were completely different from literally living by, right by the school in high school you know so I don't and being fed of course <laughs> yeah. um, so I don't know it was it was in hindsight I should have known better but sometimes you got to go through these experiences to just learn what you have to learn from them and move on you do I agree especially when you're an overachiever yes <laughs> like we are just toxic like I just <laughs> I've had to like really shut my brain up like come on man like even now like you know like I'm in maternity maternity leave and I'm like wanting to do these things all these things and I'm like Whitney just just stop it you know like here's your your baby you've been waiting for so long to meet enjoy your time with him breastfeeding is like a whole mission like, I don't even know how to explain it because I wasn't expecting it to be so hard. But you're basically around the clock in like either breastfeeding or pumping or giving milk and washing things. And just it's a cycle. Your whole day is just like feeding your baby. And my baby's so, you know, he's chunky and he's like strong and he's like super long. And I'm like, what happened to my baby? You're only seven weeks old. But but, you know, there's there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of appreciation for like, you know, this is life. This is this is a part of my life that I really want to enjoy. And it's just as important as all these other goals I have in life. So dedicate the time to it and the rest will come when it comes and you'll do what you have to do then. But right now, just focus on this. <laughs> right. And you're not going to have this time again. Like that's Exactly. Like, so no. enjoy it. Yes. yes. <laughs> I am like telling myself, like, Whitney, shut your brain up. There's, I know you can do a little bit, you know, I've been like, you know, like I've been looking at emails and trying to reply here and there and doing some other things with black and biophysics, but overall, like, and, and really that that's been like late at night, you know, like sometimes when the baby's asleep and everyone else is just quiet, I can actually think <laughs> about what, what, what small things I can kind of start getting, you know, to start get, getting the, into the rhythm because for sure I have lost it. <laughs> And uh, to be frank, I don't know how people go back to work after after this, because it, it just feels like your your whole life has switched directions into like your main responsibility now is taking care of this little one. And already I feel like it's con all all consuming, <laughs> like in a way, because I'm just exhausted. Like I, I am like tired, <laughs> but but it is what it is. Like people figure it out. Women figure it out, not just people like we figure it out. And we get things done in a way that I don't even know how we do it, but we do it. So it's all good.
Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Women do it every day. That's what yeah. I to tell myself. I'm like, yeah. we, do it. we do it every day, all the time. Yes. Yep. And with a smile on our faces. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, but, you know, you, you kind of, same as with everything else, you kind of start learning as you go and as you do and you figure it out. Yeah. So when did you end up finishing undergrad? Um, oh, right. Well, I went, I went on a whole tangent again. You got to stop me. No. Um, <laughs> no. So, so undergrad, right. So I started as a chemist and then midway, like really two years after I was like, I don't, I don't think I can do this for one. I'm not enjoying it for sure. Like I was kind of dying in the courses, but I wasn't really like appreciating what I was learning in a way that I should have at the time. And in hindsight, probably should have just stick. I don't know. I, I'm always like, because right now the full circle is that now I do biophysics and the knowledge I would have <laughs> learned if I had stick to it would have been so helpful at this point. But, you know, I learned along the way. But uh, everything, like you said, everything that, you know, happened the way it was supposed to. Um, but yes, midway, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to stop with the chemistry and I switched majors into biology and that, that freed up a lot of my time because again, I was like in my element taking courses that I was like super fun. Um, also challenging of course, because I did, I did end up taking a couple of advanced co courses, um, that were required by one of the, um, the NIH training programs that I was in. I was a mark. And I was also in RISE, which was another one. So I had all these, you know, uh, programs help build me up along the way, which was really awesome um, to have that guidance early on. Um, and yeah, so I switched and I graduated in four years um, somehow. <laughs> um, so I was there 20, 2011 to 2015. And at that point, you know, I knew I wanted to do grad school because uh, I've been doing research the whole time nonstop. And I was like, this is it. I'm ready. And then also I was like, no, I'm not ready. <laughs> and I'll tell you why that was, because I was really, you know, I was confident in myself. And then something happened and I was like, well, actually, never mind. And so this is this is for your listeners, I guess, who if you ever find someone who doubt you and like question, like, you know, how how worthy or how smart you are or how prepared you are. I mean, probably it's okay, you know, if that ever has like that feeling of doubt coming like from your heart, it's like, okay, maybe, maybe listen to that little voice. But I, I should have not, <laughs> like in a way, I don't know, I kind of feel angry at myself that I took it so to heart. But anyways, I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> so I went to one of the uh, recruitment, uh, I think it was like a one week or a couple day recruitment program at The Ohio State University, because I really wanted to major in neuroscience. And my undergrad really has doesn't have any neuroscience, like uh, even intro courses, like it's mainly general broadly biology. And you do touch upon like a lot of things, but there isn't like a special a specific course for that, which is kind of silly, because I was in a neurobiology lab. <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know, do with that information what you will. But the point is that when I went to that university, I was like, awesome. They showed me all these things. At some point, they had me meet up with two, the two directors of the neuroscience program at that point, you know, just to get information. And I was like, you know, it was supposed to be kind of like helpful, I guess. But what ended up happening was that they questioned they questioned why I wanted to do neuroscience in the first place. They questioned like how prepared I was to even undertake it. 
and uh, you know, I was sure I was going to apply to neuroscience uh, graduate, you know, um, programs. And they they wonder is like, oh, like I don't think, or basically, they just told me I wasn't competitive enough, and that I probably wasn't going to get in, and that I should get that work under my belt before even applying. And I was like, okay, you know, like, and at the to, at that point, like, I I'd basically been told like you're ready. And then all of a sudden I was like, yeah, you know, a slap in the face is like, no, actually you probably aren't, you know, it's not going to work out over here. And that like sent me for a whole loop. Cause I, you know, obviously we, we have, you know, we all have imposter syndrome. I feel like, I don't know anyone who doesn't have it. That's not, you know, like black, you know, like a minority in STEM. Right. And I think I was managing it pretty well. But then at that point, I was just like, holy crap, like I messed up. I should have known, you know, I should have done better. And so I ended up thinking, okay, so actually this might not be so bad because maybe, maybe I do need the time to like do something different and, and maybe get that experience under my belt. And, and on the plus side, I was like, maybe I can even like learn how to not live in Puerto Rico, (laughs) which was another one of my concerns is like, I'm going to miss home a lot. And it's going to be like, you know, at that point, I I realized like, I probably won't ever live in Puerto Rico again, you know, because life just takes you um, in directions you don't expect. And, you know, so I was like, okay. So at that point, I decided, never mind, I'm not going to apply to grad school at all, I'm just gonna apply to prep programs. So I don't know if you're familiar with prep programs, but they're post-baccalaureate programs that the NIH has all over like really great institutions. And I'm just gonna do that and I'll get ready. And so I did that and I was accepted um, at the University of Chicago to do that, which was really nice because I always wanted to go back to Chicago where I was born <laughs> and like actually live there and remember how what it was to live there. So that was nice. And I had that experience, you know, so I, I was taking the courses that first year neuroscience uh, students were taking um, together with them. So I took courses, I did the research, and at the same time, I was preparing, you know, my materials to apply for graduate school um, and adapting, <laughs> adapting to being away from home, from my friends, from family, again, starting from scratch, getting furniture, <laughs> all these things, like having nothing, you know, somehow getting something. And, you know, at that time, I was grateful my um, godparents lived in Chicago at the time. And so they took me in, my mom went over and it was just like a really fun summer, like getting, ramping up to like starting um, to live outside of Puerto Rico and starting again from scratch. So so, so that happened and I really enjoy, enjoyed the post back. Like, I think honestly that was, that it has been one of the best decisions in my life, I guess at that point, because I, I do think I needed the time to adapt um, emotionally, you know, I was completely fine. I was just like, you know, trailblazing. I was like, I'm gonna do this and everything's going great. And then on the holidays, like that, that, I think it was the second trimester in December, I went back to Puerto Rico, you know, for the holidays, Christmas, New Year's. And I went back and I was just depressed. (laughs) I was just like, is this even worth it? Like, I couldn't see, you know, I was with my niece. She was, I think she was like three or four at the time. And I was just like, she's grown so much. I'm missing that. My mom, you know, she's doing stuff. She probably needs help. I'm missing that. My grandma, you know, who helped raise me um, with my mom and my uncle. She was getting older and I was just like, I'm missing that. And I don't know, it was was kind of hard that moment when I, I, again, 
realize that I'm just like, I won't be able to be as present with my family as, as I used to be. I'm missing out on all these events. I'm only like somehow getting them through pictures and what it may be, you know, because everyone has their own thing going on and you never know, you know, <laughs> how, what, what everyone's doing. So I don't know. It hit me hard that I was not with my family and not at home at that point. And, you know, thankfully, all, all of the posts back, um, my my girls, um, we had we had like a little group to this day. We still talk and catch up and everything. And we were all kind of going through these similar experiences of like, wow, we're just like here now. <laughs> and, you know, at that point, we kind of, some of us like kind of decided like, we have to make it a priority. We're going to have to go back home every, every so often, or some were like, I'm never leaving home again. You know, I'm just going to go <laughs> straight back um, and just stay there. Cause I, I can't do this. Like, I don't want to do it. It's not that I can't, but I don't want to. Um, and so, you know, I just, you know, you realize that there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of sacrifice um, in us following our dreams and our careers that happens. And for some people, maybe it's just, you know, it, does, it doesn't take that much of a toll. But for, I think, people like me, possibly, and possibly even yourself, it's just hard to be away from family, like really hard. And, you know, a whole different culture entirely, like even just going from Puerto Rico to just here, which isn't that far really, but it's like, it feels like it's like I'm in a completely different world. Um, and that, that definitely, I've learned to cope with that and I've made wonderful friends here and, and friends that feel like family and are like family at this point, um, which is wonderful. But, you know, in, in the beginning, it was just really hard to get around that idea um, that I, and I even, I dropped a class actually at that point. I was taking it for credit and I was like, you know what, I'm going to audit it and I might not even show up. You know, I talked to the <laughs> professor. I was like, is that, is that cool with you? I'm just going through some things. I was in a long distance relationship with who was like my first husband at the time. And it was just like a whole mess. You know, I was just like suffering. <laughs> and, but yeah, you know, you, you get around, you get around to it. And thankfully, you know, that professor, for example, at UChicago was super supportive and awesome. And he was like, oh, where are you, where are you applying? And it's, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, maybe accepting Wisconsin. Because at that point, I think I had already interviewed. I was like, oh, yeah, you talked to this lady, you know, like, oh, Professor Gail Robertson, she's awesome. And I was like, okay, you kind of, okay, he's throwing that out there. And I didn't even know this person existed at that point, but um, she's my PI. <laughs> so I ended up joining her lab. Um, and because she's just absolutely wonderful, great mentor. Um, but yeah, just like, there's a lot of, a lot of things ended up happening, me and like wrapping up college and having that transition period before grad school and then actually starting grad school was a whole thing. <laughs> um, but like you said, everything, everything worth it in the long run. Yeah. And it's like hard to keep that in the back of your mind when you go back home and you're spending time with your family and you're, you, you, you ask yourself like, why am I doing this? Why am I putting yeah. myself through this? I yeah. could just be here and not have to suffer. <laughs> yes, it's it, it is. It's painful because like sometimes you just you forget about it, right? Like you're going through the motions, you're doing your research, you're doing your experiments, and everything is kind of working. Sometimes, not really. <laughs> For the most part, it's not working. But you know, you you're you're in your groove. You're doing the work you have to do, and then you remember, and it's like, uh, <laughs> I'm not <Right>. there. I'm <laughs> yeah. Like a whole thing. 
Right. But and then you get that picture on your phone and you're like, yes. oh, yeah, look, like, I'm missing out. yes, they're celebrating without me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, all the birthdays and oh, we went mm-hmm. here to dinner and oh, I found your friend from blah, blah. And I'm like, OK, and you're going to beaches, you know, like that for me, that is like offensive. I'm kidding. No, it just hurts because I'm like, I, I miss going to the beach. And then I learned another thing here in the States is that people call lakes beaches. <laughs> and that hurt me you know that was like no you can't that is not what it is <laughs> I started calling them beaches too because you know <laughs> but I was like it's that like no you have to go to a real beach and then you'll you'll get why I, I was triggered when you call this thing a beach this is not a beach but anyway oh yeah no, I, <laughs> the same thing I would happen in Vermont when I was up there and they yes! were like, oh yeah let's go to the beach I'm like guys this is not the no. beach go to the Jersey Shore this does not count this exactly. is like <laughs> yeah and I was like you know what you know what I get it well you have to call it a beach because it's like if not it's all sad you know like <laughs> no but actually you know I started appreciating the water right and mm-hmm. like actually having water nearby and that was actually one of my one of <laughs> One of my criteria for grad school, I was like, I want to be near some sort of body of water. Like, I don't care if it's a lake. I just, I really appreciate like looking at water for some weird reason. I guess like, obviously I was, I was raised in an island. So maybe there's some subconscious thing going on. But I was like, when I came to interview in here in Madison, I just fell in love. I was like, there's three lakes, <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not two, there's three. And that was just like a huge selling point. I was like, look at it. And it's frozen. And I walked on the on the lake for the first time. I was like, oh, this is really nifty. So I don't know. It was <laughs> all those things kind of, you know, somehow in one way or another shape who we are and the decisions we make. And I'm I'm happy about it. I I started calling them beaches. You know, it's it's okay. I'm not ashamed anymore. I understand why you have to call it a beach. <laughs> yes, you're one of them now. So I I switched. It's like this is all I have, man. <laughs> it's all I have. Um, so I got to make the most with, <laughs> with what I have. No, but it's really nice <laughs> to swim in them. You know, it, it, the summers do get really hot here. Um, so it's all good. <laughs> So you ended up finishing your prep program and then you ended up going to the University of Wisconsin for your PhD? Yeah, yeah. And I'm still here. <laughs> so <laughs> like I said, like I, uh, oh, and I told you off, you know, off the interview, but yeah, but I, I'm here and I'm kind of permanently here because I'm married and my spouse, he has two children from his prior marriage. And so we're here permanently. We bought a house. And I'm going to start my postdoc here at the university in a different lab, um, doing an entirely different thing than what I did as a as a PhD student. Um, but yeah, my 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 grad school experience was has was really positive. Like I I am I've been too lucky. I want to say because I I have friends not only actually here in UW but also in other institutions that have gone through some things. And I really lucked out in, you know, in the mentor I chose, in the project I chose, which actually did not work at all. You know, like, (laughs) I ended up switching projects entirely, like, two years ago, and that's where, you know, what got me to the finish line. But I was able to um, have developed, like, community here. Um, I have, like, you know, these friends that, like I said, have been there from the beginning to now. One of my best friends here, like, also got married and actually lives here now. And so, like, ha, he's like, you got to stick here with me through the, through the winter. She's also Puerto Rican, actually. So it's just, like, wonderful. 
and you know i've 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 had like really positive experiences like with my coursework with my cohort so everyone was really wonderful like i miss them it's like they look at us we were like tiny little babies and now like we're free i don't know we're flying um but yeah our, my cohort was wonderful um the professors here um have been really good as well and like i said like the research i've had a lot of fun with it and really i've, I've grown so much here um i honestly can't say that I've had a negative experience at all. Um, so that's great, you know, like, and I, sometimes like, I don't know why I get kind of sad. It's like, I haven't, it's, it's been great. You know, I don't know what to tell you um, because I do know there are some challenges that happen in some institutions with, you know, advisors, you know, being difficult um, in, in kind of uh, demanding that you be there kind of 24 seven. Um, that's one of the things that has, that I've heard of, or, you know, there's like this life emergency. Like for example, my first, my very first year in, in Madison, my, my grandmother who helped raise me passed away. And so that was horrible. Cause I was like, like, I, I, I kind of, I felt it the last time I saw her and I was able, when she was in the hospital, like I was able to talk to her on the phone. She didn't say much, but she heard me. And then she was gone. And I was like, like you, you know, I don't know. I just, I just felt like, again, I went through this loop of why am I even here? But uh, at the time I was rotating um, in a lab with Dr. Karina Berger, who does um, Parkinson's and epilepsy. And she's from Spain. <laughs> so we talk a lot in Spanish. She's really cool. Um, and when this happened, I was like, I don't know, man, like I have all these things. I, I was applying for the NSF GRP and all these things are happening. I was like, I really wanted to go. What was I? And she was like, Whitney, you have to go. <laughs> if you don't go, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. And I was like, okay, I, I, I needed that, you know, from someone who was, you know, I was working with her at the time. And obviously you feel like this unsaid pressure kind of to perform well, to do well. Um, especially when you're trying to decide, like choosing a lab, they're also choosing you. So I was like, eh. And she, she was always really honest with me. Um, and she told me, like, just go and don't worry about anything here. Just be with your family, be with your mom. And, you know, I'll be, we'll be here <laughs> when you come back. And I was like, okay, thank you. And so I did end up going home um, for my grandma's funeral. And I don't know, it, it just, that's another, like, of those things where you realize you're in a good place. Because when those really difficult things happen... And it's it's not even the first thing that's happened to me here, obviously, <laughs> but but that was one of the worst. And you realize that you have community, you have people that support you, and that they're human, right? They don't expect these little research robots to just do their bidding and not ever mess up or not have needs or not want to like go back home and meet see their family. So it was great. Yeah, it's it's been really great here, to be frank. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a good thing. I yeah, for sure. That. Yeah, I just that's why I'm always like, uh, I'm kind of bummed out sometimes. It's like, I can't I can't relate to you. <laughs> because no, because it's I know, like, a lot of times it is a huge struggle to get through grad school. Because not not because you don't have the, you know, the intelligence or the the drive to do it. It's because all these other hurdles keep popping up. Like, instead of helping you reach your goal, people are just getting in your way. I feel that, you know, because I, I know it's for a fact, it happens too often. It shouldn't happen at all, but it does. And in my case, I just, I locked out in that, in that regard, at least.
So you were <laughs> part of the neuroscience program, right? Yes. Okay. Just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. And then would you mind going over the thesis work you did for your PhD? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I, that's another surprise. So, so right, I, I love neuroscience. That's what got me into research, really, was when I learned um, about Parkinson's disease. I just thought that was like the disease that got me like really interested in the brain and like, why the hell does that happen? In the end, I didn't end up doing that at all <laughs> as a researcher, right? But that's what got me interested, at least initially. And although I am in the neuroscience <laughs> training program, my PhD itself was in biophysics. So I did have the option to do something a little bit more physiological in the lab I joined um, in Dr. Robertson's lab. But what really got me interested was structure function of ion channels. So essentially, I study these proteins um, that are really important for regulating the uh, excitability of our, our of excitable cells, like our cardiac cells in the heart or neurons in the brain. Um, and so specifically, I worked with voltage-gated potassium channels. And what really got me interested was like, I just, I, it's like a little puzzle, you know, so you want to figure out how this protein works to give the physiology, right, to contribute to the physiology of the cell. And so it's really basic science. You know, I, I, I do changes in the channel and then study what those effects are functionally using electrophysiology um, in heterologous systems. So either hex cells or I use frog eggs. So Xenopus, um, Xenopus oocyte. So I use African clawed frogs. I do a little C-section. <laughs> I call it a C-section. Um, a laparotomy, take out the eggs, and then I... Um, uh, express the proteins there um, and study the electrical currents that they produce. Cool. So is that something that you're going to continue into your postdoc or are you shifting to something completely different? I am shifting. Uh, so so one of the things I learned like in my lab um, and this this protein, I should say, um, I study HERG channels. So the human etheragogo gene, uh, voltage-gated potassium channel. And this channel has like a really important role in regulating the cardiac action potential. And so there are several diseases that cause, um, that are, you know, are actually the main one. Um, when there are mutations on, on, on this gene or when there is non-specific block, for example, with drugs um, un unintentionally, um, they can cause long QT syndrome, which is prolongation of the QT interval. And essentially that can, you can die from that um, in, in summary. So, uh, so this channel is really important and I really love it. But of course, like I really focus in on the protein. But I, I still have this goal of going broader into the physiology and actually looking at something else, like actual cells, actual neurons. <laughs> and so right now, the lab I am joining is with Dr. Murnalini Hoon. She uh, studies uh, the retina. So I'm going to that lab with my electrophysiology experience to study how different photoreceptors um, function and how um, the circuits are how they work essentially. And so I'm going to continue using electrophysiology, but I'm also going to be learning some other imaging skills um, to help map out those circuits. And so I'm really excited because I'm, I'm literally just going to start, <laughs> start from scratch yet again um, and learn all these different things that, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in, but you know, of course I, I haven't done the work, so we'll see. <laughs> awesome. And then what's something you want to do after you finish your postdoc? 
Oh, so for sure, I am like in the academic track. So my my long term goal um, has always been to become a professor at a at a major research institution, and so that's what I'm going for right now. Um, I really want to not only do the research, but be one of those one of those professors like the ones I've had that are you know championing for students. Um, you know, to do well, to excel. Um, I want to help, uh, I want to use my platform to help other underrepresented minorities get to this place and not only, you know, be here in academia, but stay here and thrive here. Because there's, you know, there's a whole thing, one one thing is getting to the STEM pipeline and then it's actually retaining um, the students and here. And that's like a whole issue that, you know, um, but, but really I want to, that's one of my main goals is to help with that mission through my research and to do a lot of outreach, I guess, because that's one of the things I've enjoyed doing a lot um, throughout the years is like actually going to schools and talking to, you know, uh, I don't know, students of all ages, I guess, at this point and showing them the brain and this is how it works and just getting that, that curiosity and sparking that interest in science um, is something that I really enjoy. And it kind of, you know, fills up my heart. <laughs> Every time I, I, I go, I think it's like, it also helps to like, um, revamp that energy and that drive. It's like, okay, this is another of those reasons why I'm here, why I'm working so hard. And, and, you know, hopefully, I'll, I'll reach that goal <laughs> very soon. But, uh, but yeah, at this point, I'm really focused on thriving on my postdoc. And then we'll get to that point very soon. <laughs> A couple of years. Oh, I love it. We need more professors like that. Definitely. Yes, for sure. I, I agree because it's <laughs> every time because I don't have any friends at this point. <laughs> Everyone's like, hell no. Like we all started kind of with it. <laughs> it's kind of sad, but I get it. You know, it's like, why would why would we go through this really crazy system kind of, you know, to get to this point and then continue on when I could be making money? <laughs> and it's like. You know, and I respect that. It's like, I know, you know, I'm an adult. I have bills to pay too. So I, I get that. Um, but at this point, I I just, I feel like, I feel very fulfilled in this in this career path I've chosen. And that's kind of, I'm going to keep going as for, for as long as I can. So as a Black Caribbean woman in your chosen field, what has your experience been like so far? Really great. <laughs> like I can't, you know, I've met so many people one of that what's one of the things I'm really grateful for is like meeting so many people from different backgrounds, not only scientifically but culturally as well. You know, I've traveled now internationally, like to Chile and I went to Italy a couple uh, like for a conference and I presented at my very first like international conference and I was like everything's just been wonderful. Um and just learning kind of how we're all so similar <laughs> is one of the things that I guess I wasn't expecting um, in a way because we focus so much on our differences um, and what makes us unique. But sometimes I think it's also helpful to kind of look at, you know, broadly what makes us human, what makes us, you know, love things or hate things, you know, all these things that kind of um, or make us sad, you know, for grad school is one, one unifying experience for all in that it makes us all so sad at some points. Um, but, you know, it's great to talk about all those challenges, because at the end of the day, that helps you realize that you're not alone, and that you have support, you have people who understand exactly what you're going through. And that's something, you know, in, in, independently of what you do, whether it's like in the research or personal life, um, like I said, I at some point I got divorced. So that was like a whole thing. 
I'm now married again. <laughs> um, very happy with my relationship and happy with my son and happy with my children, my stepchildren. But of course, parenting is a whole other level, a whole other thing. And with stepchildren, that's a whole other th- experience. I haven't even gotten to you know, teach anything to my baby. Like he's just there like, what? <laughs> you know, like, but, but I've already experienced, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I make jokes. Um, <laughs> um, but yes, like sometimes, you know, it's really hard to, to be a stepmom, right? Cause you have to discipline and you have to teach and you have to all do all these things. And so as we go through life, we're you're essentially living all these multiple roles simultaneously. And then sometimes I think people think that, you know, when you step into a lab, you have to put on this hat that just says scientist and you leave everything else outside the door. And I don't, I think that's a load of bull. <laughs> like, and I'm thankful, like right now, like, a lot of the younger PIs I'm meeting are like, they're like, yes, bring you, bring all of you. That's what, that's what we want. You know, when we say, that we want diversity in the workplace, in the lab, in science. It, it refers to not only the, the actual science, but also our experiences. And so it's been great to just bring all of me, <laughs> really, from day one, um, not feel that I have to hide anything. And like I said, like I told you from the beginning, I am very open. Like, I will tell you information you definitely probably do not want to even listen to, but I will put it out there because at the end of the day, if that means that somebody can relate to me and my experience, and that's going to like, you know, help with with anything, really, some sort of uh, challenge you're going through or some doubts or, you know, sometimes we view failure as this horrible thing and when in reality, it's when we most show like growth, I guess, as as human beings. And so, yeah, it's been it's been really great to meet people from the Caribbean, uh, from the States, from Europe, from Latin America. I learned that apparently people make a lot of fun of a Puerto Rican Spanish accent, which, you know, it's a whole thing. Yeah, no, it's like a whole thing. And it's it's just been great because I'm over here like, what? I thought we spoke, <laughs> I thought we spoke like really cool Spanish. It's like, actually, you do all these things that aren't correct pronunciation. It's like, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> so I don't know. It's <laughs> and that's because, you know, my husband's Mexican. So I get a lot of the teasing from him. But now he's using my words and I'm using a few of his. So there you have it so yeah it's just it's it's been like really great to to have that experience and and I I really hope that you know for example through this interview like people feel the same way that you don't have to hide who you are um in lab just to get through the day like it helps a lot to just be yourself and you'll learn I guess which who I guess um is with you in your corner because if, you, they, if people can't accept you for who you are, then you probably shouldn't be there. <laughs> and that's totally fine. You have that choice. You don't have to stick around with people who don't accept you or respect you. So, yeah. Oh, yes. I think you kind of just segued into my next question, which is basically <laughs> what are three pieces of advice that you'd give to anybody who's interested in pursuing a similar path as you? So if you want to elaborate or bring oh, up new sure. points, I think that yeah. would be great. I guess it's hard to summarize because I have so much to say. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. No, but like, I guess the main things, and I started off with this, um, I guess my PhD, because I was terrified, right? Like, you're doing this whole new thing. I'm the first person in my family who's ever attempted, you know, gone for a PhD. So 
And most of my family doesn't even do science or understand it. So, you know, you know, all those levels of complexity that goes from, you know, being the first person to do anything, really. <laughs> um, but the first thing I, I took it to heart, and I still do it, is fake it till you make it. And I t literally took that to heart because I was just terrified. And I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling very insecure right now of whether I'm gonna be able to succeed, right? And that's that goes along with the imposter syndrome. That's something I recognize in myself. I've known that I've had it for a very long time. I'm thankful I had a name to put on it since undergrad, because a lot of us, you know, you're just struggling. It's like, oh my God, I feel so inadequate. And it's like, you're not alone, man. We're all in this like complete mess of, of insecurities and uh, it's it's hard, but I knew that and so, that's one of the things I think one of uh, a graduate student told me when I was at U Chicago, who's like, you know, girl, we're just faking, you know, we all fake it till we make it, essentially. And I was like, really, you're faking it because you're so smart. I love that. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do that too. I'm just gonna pretend I know, I know all these things. <laughs> and eventually, I'm sure I will really know these things. But as, at a certain point, you know, you have to, you have to try and be confident in what you know, and, and even in what you don't know, like there's there's no shame in not knowing something. That's why we're here. That's that's the whole point of getting this degree is to learn and become an expert in this field, you know, you've chosen um, to pursue. So, so that's like the first, I think, that I would say, um, because it really applies to anything, right? Not only grad school, but with any life project you have. The second thing is, there's, there's a really nice um, passage from um, a poem um, by Antonio Machado that's called Caminante no hay camino. And the, the, it says, Caminante no hay camino, el camino se hace al andar. And what that means is you're at, on this journey and it's saying there is no path. The path is made as you walk, quite literally. So you're making your own path. You're doing your thing like no one else has ever done it before because this is your life this is your path nobody's carrying all these things you know with them the the memories um the life experiences the struggles possibly some trauma a little bit in there you know like there's so much that you know everyone's carrying and it's not it's, you're not gonna see it right we try very hard hard to hide those those things about ourselves and at some point they come out but um but you know initially at least when you're struggling to kind of find your place in this world. That's one of the things I think I really took to heart also was like, you're making your own path. No one's, no one's experience is ever gonna be the same to yours. No matter how many similarities we find, you know, you're doing your thing. And so take pride in what you're doing, enjoy your process, enjoy the, the path that you're making and just take it day by day. Because, you know, it's it, it can become overwhelming when we have all these all these all these like um really big huge life goals that it just seems like when am I gonna get there well you're already there you're doing what you have to do to get to that point so just enjoy the path enjoy the mistakes <laughs> learn from them because there's a lot of them <laughs> that are gonna be um coming at you and and just yeah just be patient with yourself and the last bit of advice that actually my PI told me way back when I started, um, when I met her. And it's something that she told, she's been telling herself <laughs> for years now. And that is to be your own best friend. Gil Robertson. <laughs> 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 no, 
<laughs> and actually, I don't know where she got that from. I should ask her next time I see her. But really, like, that that piece of advice of being your best friend comes from the fact that we are kind of horrible to ourselves. Like, in our minds, we are so critical, so critical of everything we do. And every, like, small thing, we like, we screw up. And it's like, ah, oh, damn it. Like, why would you do that? You're so stupid. Like, all these things. You'd never say that to your best friend. Like they could be, they could be making, everyone knows they're making the most horrible mistake in their lives. And you're like, there, yes, like you do what you got to do. Believe in yourself. You're going to do great. I'm here for you. And that's really what our minds should be like. Like you should be rooting for yourself. You should, you know, obviously not if you're doing something horrible, <laughs> but, but, but you know, like you, you should be able to kind of recognize that you're human, that maybe you might screw up. And if you do, okay, that's fine. It is what it is. Take a step back, take your time, reflect, learn and move on. But you know, don't, don't get too critical of our, of yourself. Um, don't internalize all those, you know, all those self doubts that we have, they are, they come and go. And so it's like those big waves, you know, of emotions that come in. It's like you feel so negative and horrible and everything's bad. And then you got to let it go and, you know, just take a deep breath. It's going to get better and keep moving forward. And so being your best friend really helps to shut shut yourself up and be like, girl, come on, don't do that. <laughs> come on. Like you, you wouldn't do that to your bestie. So don't do it to yourself. And yeah, I think those are, those are the main, my three, my three points of advice. <laughs> Those were wonderful. I especially liked the fake it till you make it because I think that is so true. It's not like don't like don't lie and don't mislead people, but like just give yourself the chance to do it. Give yourself the chance to try it and then you'll see how capable you actually are once you start doing it. Exactly. Yeah, because you're not going to know. Like, obviously, you're you're. Like you said, you're making your own new path. You, you're, you're not supposed to know. It's like as if someone tells you, oh, yeah, read this book and you'll know exactly how to raise a child. No, like there is no there is no book, you know, <laughs> there is no guide. You just got to do it. See what it feels like. And then in doing it, you'll learn that you got this, that you're good. You're just fine. You just got to do it face to see that you could do it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Well, that was actually all the questions I had for you today. I know you mentioned black and biophysics, so I wanted to give you the opportunity to at least talk about it and explain what your goals are with the platform and basically what it's about. Of course. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it um, really. But yes, so I am also the founder of Black and Biophysics, um, which stemmed, of course, from the Black and X movement um, that is seeking to uplift the voices of Black scientists in different fields. Um, and right now, you know, we are, I guess, like two, two years old. <laughs> um, and um, we still have the same mission of uplifting voices of kind of also doing more outreach so that earlier on students know that biophysics is a field, what type of research you can do, what type of career paths um, are, are you can choose. Um, and so we're doing a lot of that. Last year, we kind of did take a break. We've only done like one Black in Biophysics week in 2021. Um, last year, we took a break mainly because I was uh, I was doing a lot. 
<laughs> I was uh, finishing up my dissertation, pregnant, gave birth, all that stuff. Um, and so I, I just did not have the, the bandwidth to kind of lead at that point. But we are still, um, we're looking for more volunteers that can help um, with our mission. And yeah, if you'd like to learn more, of course, like we are on Twitter um, at Black and Biophys. And we essentially do a lot of, uh, we share a lot of information for um, research opportunities for grad school, for postdocs. And yeah, if you want to learn more, like feel free to shoot us a, a, a message. Yeah. Check them out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> so, would you actually also mind sharing your personal Twitter or personal social media information in your email for anybody who wants to reach out with questions? Yeah, so um, my Twitter um, is Stevens Sostre, and I will spell that out. <laughs> so it's my two last names. It's S-T-E-V-E-N-S-S-O-S-T-R-E. Um, so that's my, um, my, uh, for my Twitter. And then my email is the same thing, but without the last E. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, my email is S-T-E-V-E-N-S-S-O-S-T-R at whisk.edu. Um, and so that's my, uh, my, I guess, university email that I check the most. So I will reach out if you have any questions um, about either personal, you know, sometimes we need, we just need to talk to somebody who's been to kind of, kind of the path we want to go through. So if you want to talk about, you know, my career path, um, education, about life, being a step parent, all these things, <laughs> feel free to uh, send me an email and I will, I would happily, you know, um chat with you yeah perfect is there anything else you'd like to add yeah i, I guess not really we really went through yeah i told you my last story <laughs> <laughs> but yeah thank you so much for the opportunity and I'm, I'm really happy to to be chatting with you thanks of course thank you for taking the time to speak with me today despite all that you have going on yeah this baby so oh my god yeah sorry he i heard him crying he's probably hungry but i will be there soon <laughs> yeah i know i heard him crying too i was like all right Jasmine, oh, wrap it up. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah i figured it's like right now i'm like the cats i have so many pets so i have two cats and a dog and they're just like i want to be in the interview and they come in and out but then i just heard baby so yeah but thank you <laughs> thank you of so course. much for the opportunity of course and there you have it, guys. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Black in Science. I want to thank Dr. Whitney once again for taking the time to participate as a guest on the show. If you enjoyed listening to her story and want to continue following her and Black in Biophysics journey, make sure you check out all of the social media pages. I'll be sure to include all the information in the episode's description. If you're interested in staying up to date with the latest Black in Science content, feel free to follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore B-I-S and on Instagram at Black and Science, where I'll be posting regular updates on the release of new episodes every other Monday. Lastly, if you're interested in participating as a guest on the show, just send me an email at bisthepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for all of your love and support, and I'll talk to you guys in the next one.